Welcome back to Diamnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. My name is DM Celeste, aka Celestial Witch. And I'm DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac. And today we are going to tie back to episode number 174, Sickness and Disease, Ew. which led Rorik and I to come up with Diamnastics number 143, Down with the Sickness. That wonderful tune by Disturbed, which has a wonderful cover that I shared with Celeste by a man named Richard Cheese. Ooh, ah, 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 is all yes. I can say to that. <laughs> so please, please go look up Down With The Sickness, Richard Cheese cover. Yeah. Moving on from that, though, <laughs> what did we have in that exercise? Yeah. All right. So on this episode, we took a look at diseases, uh, which you might have been able to guess from the, uh, oh. the name of this exercise. Uh, but what we did here, we have 10 different disease names that we kind of threw out there and invited folks, of course, uh, to answer some questions about it. So our questions we're dealing with. One, how is the disease contracted? Two, what are the symptoms? Three, what is the end result of not cured? Four, what is the cure? And five, of course, anything else. You do you. So which one did you want to highlight from the forums? Yes. So I wanted to go ahead and highlight one from uh, a newer folk to the forum, Cobalt Cobald, uh, who has only done three posts so far. So welcome. Um, and I loved their post. They went ahead and grabbed the disease name Paragon Insanity. And essentially what this disease is, is this is something that can afflict anyone who has survived a mind flare attack. So already I was like, Yes, I'm there with you. Um, so essentially what happens is that there are these parasites that live inside of like mind flayers, minds or other kind of psionic creatures. And so when they attack somebody, you know, they, they grapple them with their tentacles. Right. And then there's a chance that this disease, this parasite is passed over into the brain of their victim. And over time, the the parasite usually feeds on psionic energy, but since, you know, you're not a mind flayer or an illithid or anything of that nature, it just begins to eat away at your brain. And the main symptom of this disease, uh, I mean, well, it starts with like memory loss, dementia, nausea, feeling weak, uh, psionic dissidence, uh, so like hearing whispers in your head, all this crazy stuff. But the main system is that you are not aware of any of yeah. these symptoms. It just like it it eats away all your awareness of it. So all of these symptoms you can able like you're able to excuse them or like you don't notice them. Uh, so it's attacking your brain directly. And of course, you know, what is the result of not cured if left untreated? Paragon insanity will eat away at the host body and brain until they die. But the cool thing was like, how can you cure it? Or this this other effect was the the parasite is used to being you know with these creatures that live in these underground environments. So if the host spends too much time in the sunlight, uh, the parasite tries to jump ship, essentially. Um, so after twelve hours of being in bright light, if you are the victim, there's a chance that the parasite will try to exit the body yes. um, leaving somebody. So I just thought that was a really, really cool idea. Cause like, it's already so traumatizing to fight with a mind flare, right. And to almost have your brain eaten, but that there's this like secret consequence that can come afterwards. I just thought this was a really well done uh, disease and, and super scary. So yeah. 
The other thing was that basically if you're just near a dead mind flayer for too long, mm-hmm. you also have the chance of contracting that. So you had a very interesting thing to put in kind of like a dungeon delve or something like that. You don't think of it, whatever, it's dead. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But then you find out, oh, you should have worried about it. Yeah. You should always have worried about it. The other thing is that at the latest stages, kind of right before you would die, you actually start to gain some psionic yeah, ability. which is so cool. Well, so I thought that would be a cool way to have like an NPC's backstory. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like this like past adventurer that had had and contracted this, but then it was cured at the final stages, but then they still have like some psionic abilities. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, or even, even your PC background. That'd be a really cool way to have that happen. Yeah. No, totally gnarly. Uh, congrats, Cobalt Cobalt. That is an awesome disease that I may be using in my own games. Yes, and congrats, Celeste, on taking Cobalt Cobalt so well. Cobalt Cobalt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I did it right. <laughs> so, mine, are you ready? Yes, I'm so ready. Is from DM Dragon Punisher. Ah, this was my other pick. <laughs> yes, who also is newer to the forums and a lover of dwarves. So I, I find a kindred spirit Ah, dwarf and barbarians even. Oh, yeah. man. So they chose Haunted Delusion. And so basically Haunted Delusion comes from a plant that you would just find in the wilderness. And I also love and hate that you just would stumble into it and then terrible things would happen. So either if you're cut by the thorns of this plant or you eat the delicious berries from it, you have most likely then contracted Haunted Delusion where you will then want to basically gorge yourself on this until you die one way or the other. Either either you're going into this plant continually and getting these lacerations, which is only furthering this disease and the sickness that you have while you're gorging yourself on it. And it's so, so good because you also have these delusions and now anyone that's trying to stop you, now you're violent towards them as well. And of course, if you, not of course, but also if you die, a new plant sprouts from your body. Ugh, it says, yeah, from the, the bloated stomach of the victim. I was like, that is so metal. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I love the idea that, like, this plant makes you need to eat more of the plant. Mm-hmm. So you go, like, further and further into the thickets and these tangles to, like, try and get more fruit, like, as you keep eating it until yes. you're inextricably lost, which is just so, so harsh, man. <laughs> So the cure is that you know you have lesser restoration in kind of the early stages, you have greater restoration in the later stages, but one of the things that I really liked and is a great idea for sicknesses and diseases, especially if you introduce them earlier on, is that a slower way that costs less resources. So you know it says some healers have been successful with a slower, albeit mundane, approach of boiling the root of the plant with another plant and then using a greater healing potion. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's just a really cool idea to think of more mundane, but like more intense. Well, it's it's cool that they're pulling that in because, I mean, that's the root of antidotes to most poisons, right? It's like you mm-hmm. have to use a little bit of the plant itself uh, to create the antidote. So that was cool that they're really nodding to reality uh, with that. Yeah. And then the other thing in the always amazing you do you special section is that there's supposedly a group of goblins that will use the juice from the berries on like their blow darts and arrows so rude 
Especially because, like, my first thought was, like, what if there's not any for them to be eating? Like, yeah. they just go on this, like, wild fervor, like, fervor of a hunt. They have to find it out in the world. Yeah. They're just on the hunt, aimlessly wandering, trying to find more berries. Yeah. My other favorite thing from this is, like, um, one of the reasons. So the, the vines themselves are called witch thorn that this is this horrible plant and uh witch thorn is named thus because sometimes witches will find these groves of these plants and basically build their houses or their huts in the center of them and then that's one way they can draw victims in to their houses so you know they'll animate these vines around the area and they'll just start attacking people and drawing them closer and closer into their lairs uh which i also thought was a cool little bit of mythology to throw in there yeah especially the idea that someone could control it so good. Yeah, this is very like Hansel and Gretel to me, right? Like, here's yes. my candy berries. Oh, you have to come to my hut now. Oh, mm, tasty snack. So good. Okay, but with that, we're going to lift the mental weights. Right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. Uh, I mean, so the easiest way we could do it is just roll a d10. Ah, all right. Oh, do I have one? Yes, I do. Here we go. All right. Uh, 10. It's Halibut Heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes! We're in. Okay, so for this one, I was Googling um, Halibut to see if there's anything particularly interesting or weird about the fish and why that might be deadly to a heart. So Halibuts are flat and they're bottom feeders and they also grow to be the world's largest fish. So... I don't know. So maybe I was thinking something like if your heart like swells or becomes like too large for your chest or something, yeah. that could be, that was a thought I had. Or if it flattens out, like what? <sighs> it just, yeah, so many nasty possibilities. Yeah. I, uh, you know, and that's definitely something not to shy away from the idea of magical sicknesses, but I do love that somehow you've, eaten a fish that's ill-prepared or join the sea is the sea is fighting back if you will and mm -hmm. like as you eat it it basically changes your anatomy to be more like that of a fish yeah and so it's literally restructuring your internal organ yeah which obviously wouldn't go well uh, no. for, for most races they also have eyes on top of their head which is like it's wild when they're born, the eyes are born on opposite sides. But as they age, the eye literally moves up and the skull reforms to be what? on top of the halibut. They are wild fish, y'all. Go and look them up. So the other interesting thing is that it's literally, I mean, from a biological perspective, the a fish heart is much less complex than ours. So a mammal's heart is a four-chambered situation and a fish is apparently down to two. Whoa. And so that's super interesting. I would I would also say that you're going know, to kind of escalate things that as it progresses, basically, you'd need to start being or living in water until cured. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. What if you contract it from being in the water? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, bitten by some sort of fish. Mm -hmm. Then it's almost like a subtle form of lycanthropy. Or it's some kind of like weird plankton that you like ingest while swimming or something, oh. or like a mold or something that begins yeah. to. Ooh. There we go. Gross. Oh, man. Well, yeah, if it's like some kind of plankton or mold or something, and then people could poison each other with yeah. it. Let's sprinkle it on top of food, like little mm -hmm. fish flakes, and then num, num, num. Oh, no. <gasps> Jeez. 
Go to the ocean. Whoa. What is the cure? Oh, yeah. Okay. So so my first thought was that you could do something that would seem counterintuitive, but what if you what if the simplest way to get rid of it is to just like kind of wait it out and like you literally go spend a day or so as a fish in the ocean mm-hmm. and it kind of just runs it runs its course. Yeah, like it's one of those diseases where it's like all we can do is ease your pain, sit yeah. in this tank. Uh-huh. Ah, imagine that you have like, it's like that Red Lobster, you have like a tank sitting like in your local hospital, people afflicted with this disease. Oh man, I like it. Yeah, there's nothing you can, you just have to run its course. I can totally see this as like druids making this, like initially uh, getting carried away with like, well, see how people feel about like polluting the water. They'll have to spend time as a fish now. Um, and then unleashing this like strain that's now gone wild and like happens to people from time to time. What? <laughs> what so are you much. looking at? I'm blown away. Apparently, Google Google now has a polyhedral dice roller built in, so I could say forty eight. I could add a modifier. Let's say forty eight plus or you know forty ten plus five. What? That's rad. And then look, I can just click and they'll go away. So I rolled a three. Are you ready? For I have rolled Silent Syndrome. (gasps) Oh, Silent Syndrome. So the question is, is it that people can't hear or that they can't speak? Yeah. I think it's scarier if you can't hear. Yeah, the world just goes into silence. Though... If it is something where you can't speak, yeah. that would be particularly dangerous for spellcasters. But then, yeah, not, it's not as impactful yeah. for, for everyone. Done. You can't hear. Got it. <laughs> so how is the disease contracted? So I would almost, and so we keep saying disease, but you know, sickness is also in there. But I, I like the idea of it being magical. Yeah, definitely. It feels like something like a result of like a spell misfire or like a, a picking up a cursed object or something. Uh, it definitely, yeah, has that feeling to it. Yeah. So I like the idea. Yeah. Either of like, a, like you said, like a silent spell going sideways or like it being an intentional thing mm-hmm. that like this thing goes off and now you just can't hear anymore. Yeah. The symptoms are pretty straightforward, but I, but I would definitely want to make it more of a progressive yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. And then you're right. So it, it's a gradual mm-hmm. loss rather than just right away. But then you would eventually have no hearing whatsoever. What is the end result if not cured? What is an esca- What would you have be an escalation beyond just not hearing? So I think I mean silence. Like you know, you you physically can't hear, but then maybe also you start to not be able to understand like language. So it's like your brain is like being silence like you're losing the ability to comprehend or take in information as well like your brain eventually goes silent right um so your function starts to shut down oh oh it'd be so scary (laughs) i like it so what is the cure rowdy party baby no um (laughs) (laughs) so my thought Mm -hmm. is an interesting cure would be some sort of polymorph Oh, like, so you have to, yeah, ship. Mm-hmm. Ah, that is, you're all about the polymorph today, changing yeah. into other things today. Yeah, I thought it would be an interesting way to 
be able to like cure it. Is yeah. That you have to transform into something else. And then whether or not, depending on like maybe the level of that spell, whether or not it would work, you know, maybe it would be a short term cure until right. you could find something strong enough. <gasps> oh, I like it. You would have to go through that loss again. Oh, no. That is scary. Yeah, because temporary like hearing aids wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, stop the whole progression. Ooh, yeah. rough. Yeah. <laughs> Therapeutic polymorph. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the wizard I want to see out yep. in the world. You're a bird. Wait, no. Okay, I guess it's I am. For your own gut. <laughs> oh, I love it. And anything else? Mm, mm. Ooh, maybe people's ears like start to blacken. Like maybe there's like an outer, you know, it's like a necrosis, like yeah. of the ear thing. So you can actually see it happening. It's not just like a. Um, oh, or something horrible, like a red spot appears behind your ear or something like that's the first indication. And then yeah. like, there's some kind of physical change, um, which I think would also make it more dangerous too. Cause people would be able to, you know, see that and take advantage of you like in a combat situation or something. Yeah. I think another thing, another way to look at disease, disease, sickness and disease is that maybe this was weaponized at one point mm. and you're know, kind of the, the same concept behind no one uses mustard gas anymore. Right. But the idea that people don't use this kind of almost like a building a bit of a Geneva convention into your world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like everybody collectively was like, this is terrible. Yeah. Don't we do can't this. do this. We can't yeah. do this. We can't use the silent syndrome anymore. Ooh, yeah. So it'd have to be some real nasty. Yeah. To whip that back out. Boom. Okay. Mm. I say we've done it. We've, we've done lifted it. The mental weights. Whew. Where can people go if they want to tell us about the sickness and disease in their games? Uh yes. Ah, okay. Uh you can email us at dmnastics at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at dmnastics. Uh you can follow Neil at Jotmoniac or me, Celeste Conowich at C Conowich. Or you can find everything else on the network at blockpartypodcast.com. But with that, rather than let these mental gains go to waste, we're gonna head over to taking your supplements. Ooh. Taking your supplements. Celeste, what do we got? Yes, so today I wanted to talk about a super cool supplement uh, that I have been able to check out recently on the DMs Guild, and I'm talking about the Tavern Brawl Builder uh, from Jean Lorbert. And if you folks haven't encountered this yet, this is a supplement all about making tavern brawl encounters more interesting in your games. So not only does it set up some like cool ideas for taverns or reason like fights break out in taverns, uh, it gives great NPC suggestions of those who might be involved in fights. What it actually does is um, they build a whole system of like, it's like a mini game for like a, an encounter of how to run a tavern brawl. So it's like gives you these new mechanics for running like a brawl as like a monster uh, and all of these specific skill checks and challenges. So it's just a really interesting and cool supplement um, on how to make tavern fights more interesting. Uh, and the whole premise being like, who hasn't been in a tavern fight in D&D? You know, it's one of the biggest tropes yeah. of the game. <laughs> immediate tavern brawl. Well, I mean, because your classic starting in a tavern. Right. And then your players rubbing against people the wrong way or ending in a tavern. I mean, it's just, it's going to come up. Let's just be honest. It's going to come up. It's 
inevitable. Uh, and what this supplement does, it just it gives you a way to make all of those encounters way more interesting. Uh, my favorite part of this is that they have um, a lot of different tables included in the book. So and it's it's fun things like items that, you know, pop up in a tavern brawl. So you have like you can roll and be like, oh, there's a banana cream pie or like, you know, a, a puddle of like oil or, you know, it's yes. all of these <laughs> super fun uh, just tables and ways to spice up these encounters. Um, so I had an absolutely excellent time reading the supplement and definitely wanted to recommend it to you folks. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so definitely go check that out. There will be a link in the show notes where you can get it on the DMs Guild. But with that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. Before we go, I want to implore you, the listeners, to join the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises as well as other conversations being had. And to do that, you just head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some Dionastics. So your players don't ask, do you even lift? I gotta get a pump. That's it. It's good. It hurts. I know it does. That's it. Get it.